We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by WinBet. Jeff Erickson, Chris Liss here, going to re- recap a wild week three. We say wild every week, but this was really a truly insane early slate. Most in particular, you know, the Baltimore-Detroit game and all that hinged upon it in the fantasy world. What's up, Liss? How you doing? I'm good, man. I uh, I survived, man. The, the first thing, survive in real life. Second thing, survive in Survivor. So two for two. And uh, that was... Uh, it was close call. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, uh, it was. So let, let's talk. The, <coughs> excuse me. Let's talk about that game. So many things that uh, the Baltimore did to try to deserve to lose that game. I mean, they did everything wrong. Marquise Brown dropping passes. Justin Tucker missed a kick. Lamar Jackson with a bad interception. John Harbaugh mismanaging time. It, it was and crazy. also challenging that call. That was a clear catch on on the. It wasn't even close to not being a catch. Burns the timeout, and then now he's got two timeouts left. He's on the wrong side of the two-minute warning. I'm like, I might lose here. And, of course, Detroit, I thought because it was Detroit, they might just miss the field goal. Of course, they make the field goal. They're Mm -hmm. up. Okay, I got a minute left uh, with Lamar Jackson. We got Justin Tucker. We just need a field goal. I got this. I'm not going to despair yet. First play, sack. Clock's running. Second play, incomplete pass where he almost got sacked. Third play, sack. I'm like, I'm going to lose. This is it. And then... People focus on the kick because it was the all-time long kick, which was a miracle and incredible. We'll get into that. But on fourth and 19, Lamar Jackson, after being sacked twice and almost sacked the third time, is cool enough, gets enough time, and makes the throw to Sammy Watkins, and they get down and spike it uh, with seven seconds left. Now, they actually had a false start that wasn't called, which would have pushed it back five yards. And no, delay of game. It was a delay, delay of game, game. Delay of game, which wasn't called, and would have pushed it back five yards, which you know would have... Uh, you know, if he barely made that kick, he's not making it from 71. But OK, got lucky on that. Uh, and then Tucker, you see him on the silence coming in like, I got this. Let's do this. He's like, I'm, I'm into this. You know, and why wouldn't he be? It's the all time record. And if he misses it, it's not like his fault. I mean, you know, it's a tough kick and he hits it. And the, the thing I love about Tucker and he did miss that one earlier, which was bananas, is that when he kicks it, it's just middle. So you're watching. The first thing you see is if it's to the side, you're like, OK, it's over. But you see middle, so now it's just distance. So you, at least you get that couple of seconds that you're not like, ah, it's over. You're like, oh, straight. And now you're like, how far is it? And it's a very far kick. So you're like, 
all right, is it going to make it? And it's dying and it hits the thing and it goes up. And that felt like a minute to me. It was like bounces yeah. straight up and you can't tell from your TV, the angle, is it going out? Is it going in? And it goes in and I was like, Sasha was there. She thought I was an insane person the way I reacted <laughs> to it. I was like, this is the greatest thing of all time. Um, and what a comeback. I mean, just incredible. Right. And yeah, the Marquise Brown, I'm, I'm happy the Marquise Brown now dropped those passes. Had he caught those, we never would have got to that point. So just incredible. And, uh, you know, in Survivor, it's, you know, there's, I'm going to write the, about this in East Coast offense, but, you know, like Clint Eastwood says, in the Unforgiven Deserves got nothing to do with it. Um, you know, you got to right. get, you got to get to the next week. And the thing that's great about pot odds, which I didn't write about, I'm going to write about this too, is that even though Denver won so, it was laughable rooting for the Jets and Survivor. I mean, it was, they got so destroyed, not a sweat at all. But the thing that's uh, so good about going pot odds is I'm out of phase with the rest of my pool. So half the people have used up uh, Denver, but not Baltimore. I've used up Baltimore, but not Denver. That's going to put me on different teams going forward. And that alone, even with Denver winning easily, is an advantage. You want to be out of phase with the majority always in these things. So even if it doesn't pan out and you don't get the payoff, as long as you survive, you've already sort of gotten a slight edge. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. Uh, we almost had we, – we had a two big uh, sweats there. But one more thing about uh, Detroit – well, two more things about Detroit-Baltimore. One – Detroit did miss an extra point in this game. That came back to haunt. Uh, two, the missed call on the off, on the uh, delay of game is ludicrous. It, it wasn't just like, okay, maybe the clock's not. It was two it was seconds. Like, it was like a second and a half. It was it was yeah. a lot. It was it, it was. It, it should have been, you know, that let's investigate this. Why did they not call this stuff? I mean, I get I get it, it's kind of frantic, but it, it should never have ha happened. You never should have uh, even. It never but at the same that. time, I mean, you're right. It should have been a penalty. It was a clear penalty, but it's a bullshit penalty. Like, who cares, right? Like, it was an incomplete pass. It, you know, it's way cooler that the game ended the way it did. Obviously, for me, for my, if you're a Detroit fan, you might not agree with that. <laughs> but it's a bullshit penalty. Like, you know, it's like when, you're, when your team makes an incredibly beautiful 70-yard touchdown pass, and it's like illegal shift, da-da-da. You're like, dude, F off. Illegal shift? Who cares? Or holding you know on, on a touchdown run and the hold is like 10 yards away from where the guy was running by didn't affect the play you're just like this is a technicality this is garbage now i'm not saying that you know in an ideal world they don't call it but i'm saying you can't really bitch about that that's just like does nothing you know i mean that it it was just like a technicality i get it technically they should have had a 71 yard field goal which they almost certainly would not have made but you know, I, I just you, you can't take refuge in cowardice. You can't take refuge in oh, the, the you know the the teacher should have scolded you for doing this thing wrong. To me, it's like you now if there's a delay of game where it um, you know they didn't get set quickly enough because they were rushing up to spike the ball, like that's legit because that's based on you being behind the eight ball with the clock and the sack that you took, so it's related right. to the prior play. But this was like a dead ball. It was inexcusable that they didn't get it off. By the way. But it really was not due to the merit of the Lions or anything. It was just, it was just like negligence, basically. Yeah, it it was, but it's just it's still they nitpick about every other thing in this game, and then let that go. It just seems kind of no. Weird. I mean, it was a missed call, no doubt. But I just to me, it's like if I'm a Lions fan, I'm not like you know, I'm not like holding on to that. I, it's sort of like maybe you should have stopped them on fourth and nineteen. Um, you know, that might have been the better thing, but. Man, but you know this draw. This game should have been twenty to nothing, twenty three to nothing. It should have been so running away, and then all of a sudden, it got close. And the way in which it happened was such torture because it was like the Lions couldn't really strike for a big play, so all they kept doing is like throwing to Swift, handing to Swift, 
throwing to you know uh, whoever receiver I can't remember who got the, the led the team in uh, reception some scrub. But the Ravens defense was already COVID depleted, and they were on the field for almost twelve minutes in the fourth quarter. And I'm watching this; it's like little paper cut, knife cut, paper right. cut, knife cut. And I'm like, they're up nine. I'm like, okay, well, even if they score, they can't catch up. But then Lamar Jackson throws the pick, and all of a sudden they're up two, and they're at midfield really quickly. And I'm like, uh oh, like now this is like, it was it was really uh, it was really unpleasant. But in the end, it was really pleasant, and uh, it was all worth it. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I don't know. It, it's the the other thing is like you watch the Lions. There's some Lions fans behind the the goalposts as you see the long view of the field goal, right? And you, they see it hit the post, and they're like, <gasps> and then like that immediately. It just it was like that captured the moment so well. Yeah. It, it, it was it was rough, but uh, you know, it just you know, and for those who are not doing a uh, video right now, just they're raising the hands in triumph, and then the immediate right. sulk right after. Yeah, that's so funny. Don't mess with Justin Tucker, though. Justin Tucker is the greatest of all time at his position. By I saw a stat by Scott Barrett, and also I've already been saying this though, he's the greatest of all time at his position mm-hmm. by a larger margin than anybody at any position is the greatest of all time at theirs. So if you're like, who's the greatest of all time? Say, well, Brady's won seven Super Bowls. He's got all the records. People are like, yeah, but Montana, you know, he got hurt, but at his peak, you know, or whoever, you can argue that, right? Um, Jerry Rice, yeah, but what about Randy Moss? You know, I mean, he didn't play with Steve Young and Joe Montana his whole career, whatever. But with the kicker, it's like there's just not even – it's just not even. I guess you could say Vinatieri because of the playoff and Super Bowl kicks, and Tucker hasn't really had Super Bowl – well, he did win a Super Bowl, actually. Um, yeah. But, you know, you could say, like, he hasn't had as many kicks, but he's had some huge playoff kicks. I just don't even think – there, there's an argument, you know, for – you know, maybe Lawrence Taylor or something, but there's like – I think he is by the greatest margin, like the most unanimously great, all-time great at his position. Yeah, and yet imagine doing a, a hundred years of football team, taking two field goal kickers and not taking Justin Tucker. That's what the NFL did. They did Vanatieri, which, okay, I can see the argument for, and then Stenerud. I'm like, come on, just catering to like the previous generation thing. I mean, Tucker redefines the position. Yeah, it, it, I mean, his omission is ludicrous. He's no Graham Gano. Let's let's be clear about this. Yeah. Gano doesn't miss, but um, but yeah, no, he's he's the greatest of all time. I mean, this guy has like a ninety-one percent or some ridiculous field goal rate, not ninety-one, but something insane, something close to that. And he's the guy kicking fifty-five yarders like they're extra points. I mean, you know, back in the day, even when you know Mark Mosley wins MVP and makes all his kicks, it's like those were thirty-two yarders. I mean, this is an era where they're right. kicking from fifty plus all the time, and they're not missing. And so it's just, yeah, I mean, it's so obviously, um, but who cares about the stupid team? You know, it's just like some, just, that's just someone's opinion, man. It is exactly. Uh, by the way, that, that Mark Mosley MVP, I mean, that, that does not hold up very well. Not, no, never. It MVP. actually did not hold up well at the time. I mean, but here, but I'll say something, right? Like obviously Justin Tucker can't be MVP unless he like did that, like, you know, eight games like if i think kicker could be mvp if he went like 50 for 50 on kicks and like 30 of them were you know beyond 50 yards and like 10 of them were beyond 60 and and they and the team won like a ton of close games i could actually give the kicker the mvp but i would say this if you knew justin tucker's career would be what it was and you have the number 10 pick in whatever draft he was in right and you don't know anybody else's career you just got the number 10 pick you're evaluating players i think it's a great pick at 10 to take Justin Tucker. Yeah, maybe you get every year of those like games that can go either way 
for, you know, I don't know, 12 years, however long he's been there. And you've got that and, and counting. I, I would say done. You know how many number 10 picks are total bust or just a little above average or whatever? I mean, obviously you can get one that's a Hall of Famer and a Hall of Famer in another position is definitely more valuable. But I'm saying if you knew he'd be worth like the 10th overall pick. You have to have specific gift of prophecy on Tucker and only Tucker. And that's what I'm saying. That's the, that's the hypothetical I'm saying. I'm not saying you don't know anybody else. Obviously if you knew like, Oh, I'm getting a, you know, whoever it was, who was in that draft, Von Miller, whoever, I don't know if he's in that draft, you know, you take Von Miller, but you know, amongst like not knowing number 10, I would take. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, Before we move on and talk about other games, which were also wild this week, quick note from our friends at Yahoo. The new NFL season is underway, and Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate the beginning of the football season and Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 entry credit offered to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo has a $1 million DFS football contest live. The $1 million contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first receiving $100,000 and an entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. I'm Jeff. He's Chris. We're recapping week three. So we had a big sweat in Survivor in Baltimore uh, in Detroit. We also had one down in Jacksonville. Anybody that took Arizona was really sweating it for about 12 seconds. And then if, like it suddenly turned really fast, too. It was, so while the first half, you know, Arizona, you know, Jacksonville gets the missed kick return, 109-yard return for a touchdown. You know, we're, it's so funny. We're all like, this is why you don't try 60, 69-yard field goal attempts. Until you're Justin Tucker kicking the game winner, but uh, in '66, but uh, but this is exactly why. I mean, it was like it was just the height of is preposterous to, to, to try to kick outdoors a 69-yard field goal, and of course it got returned for touchdown because the field goal team isn't there to tackle. I mean, it, it, it's pretty funny. They're not very well equipped, right? It's not the normal special teams kickoff team that's on the, on there. So uh, that was funny, and I loved it because I took Jacksonville in the points. I knew other people had Arizona and Survivor. But even with that, the game wasn't even that close. Like Jacksonville sucks. And I think Trevor Lawrence is just really lucky that the other quarterbacks are so bad. Like Lance has barely seen the field. Um, Zach Wilson's been worse than Lawrence, if that's even possible. Yep. And, you know, Mac Jones is like, I, I compared him to, you know, Alex Smith in 2025 if he came out of retirement. Like that's his style <laughs> of play. And Fields got sacked nine times. And, yesterday. and Fields is just like, you know, I'm like, ha, you know, the, the chat, the Gettle Chad traded uh, that pick for, two first, a fourth and a fifth the genius that he is and fleece the bears. So obviously, you know, these guys, the better days probably lie ahead for all of them. But you know, when Kyler Murray came in the league, he didn't look like a total joke disaster. When Daniel Jones came in the league, he didn't look like a total joke disaster. When um, I'm trying to think the guys, you know, last year, Herbert came and looked great right away, you know, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow looked very good uh, right away or good enough. These guys look like pros. The, the guys that came in this year look terrible. And you can't say it's COVID because last year was worse. So I don't know what's going on with these guys. I mean, it's uh, 
I've never seen anything like it. Like these these highly touted quarterbacks. I mean, I've they used to it used to be like this in like 1995. So they'd like redshirt them or like when Carson Palmer sat out that year for John Kitna. But in the last 10 years, like you know Cam Newton and even Andy Dalton and um, you know Matt Ryan and that's 13 years ago and and Joe Flo- they played right away. You know, it was like playing your rookie QB was normal. Yeah. Um, you know Baker Mayfield, all these guys played right away. So yeah, that's what makes Mahomes such a unicorn. I mean, they did take their time with him. Yeah, but uh, it was a mistake. It probably cost them a Super Bowl. I mean, they they lost in the playoffs, and Mahomes started that like week seventeen game right before that, and was amazing. And then, of course, he wins the MVP the next year. And you're like, yeah, you had a good year with Alex Smith, but like, if Mahomes starts the whole year, they might win the Super Bowl that year. I mean, that you know that that's not like a that's not like a minor thing. You know, they. I mean, you put that Chiefs team with all those weapons, and it was like Kareem Hunt before he. Um, you know, got kicked out of the Chiefs. Um, that that team with Mahomes as QB probably is, you know, one of the favorites. And so, man, like you think it's like, oh yeah, we're doing the smart thing and we're developing him, but you're not doing sh- you're not doing shit, dude. You're you're making a huge error, probably. Probably, you know, you can argue that okay, he came in came when he finally played, he was ready to go because he got mentored by Alex Smith all season. I mean that. It's not it's not provable or disprovable is the problem. It's not provable or disprovable. We saw him play in week 17. He looked like a monster that one week he played. Yeah. The, the notion that all of a sudden week one, you know, 2019, you know, he was a different player than he was in week, you know, the last week of 2018. I don't know, man. I And, and he would have gotten better as the season went on anyway um, just by, you know, playing. So we'll never know. Maybe he would have torn his knee or broken his neck or something and we wouldn't even know who he is now, you know, but like um, it's impossible to run it back. But the idea that like, oh, that was smart because it worked out. Like you really don't, to me, the, the more likely scenario is the team had much more upside if they just gone to their guy. And I think Trey Lance has to play this week. I mean, Garoppolo looked terrible. And, you know, you don't trade up half your team for the third overall pick, have the kind of play that Garoppolo showed at home against the crap defense who dominated you and not turn it over. It's time. Now, Fields might not be ready. He didn't look ready. But you got to find out. Yeah, well, that's true. And, you know, a lot of Bears fans calling for Matt Nagy's head. A lot of just football Twitter is calling for his head. You know, honestly, I don't think that the Bears were ready for Nagy. I mean, if we were ready for uh, uh, Fields because they they weren't changing their offense at all. They didn't call plays that maximized his skills. Uh, and instead, they left him to the Wolves. They got sacked nine times. That offensive line was overmatched. I, I think he looked overmatched, but I also think that he was just getting overwhelmed too by, by that pass rush. Yeah, I mean he was, and it was a you know it was an unfavorable matchup. They were on the road, and defense is pretty good. And Miles Garrett is a monster, um, and so some of it's just you know sometimes the the defense is playing its ass off, and you're the unfortunate victim rookie. And, you know, it's like degree of difficulties. If you play a video game, you go to level one your first time. Maybe you almost get through level one or you do. But if you go on level five, your first game, you're going to get wiped out right away. And he got maybe put on level five. So I mock the Bears for the trade because I like to talk about the Gettle Chad. But um, we don't really know if Justin Fields is, you know, a problem. Um, They probably should have had some more read option stuff and and running quarterback friendly stuff to make it easier. You don't want to like pocket passing in the NFL is a very specific skill set and that may take rookies a little longer and you know making it a little easier might have been smarter but yeah it is what it is yeah exactly it is um 
So yeah, uh, Arizona didn't look great though. Uh, they, they they did though. They got down nineteen seven. Started tweeting out, okay, we got a sweat here. Got a sweat here. They immediately scored to make it nineteen fourteen. I think nineteen. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the the wild thing is then that flea flicker pick six. I mean, it was such a joke of a play down by by, by Jacksonville there. It was a dead on arrival play. Yeah, I didn't even see it, but I. Uh... You know, as soon as when you have a team like Jacksonville and they're winning, especially from some cheap uh, field goal return at the end of the half, you're really happy when, you know, the other people survivors and in peril. But as soon as something goes bad, you're like, OK, it's over. Like they ha- yeah. like when the bad comes, if there's too much time left, which was like a whole quarter left and it started unraveling, um, you know, they're not going to be able to hold off. You know that that luck you need that luck to happen, like closer to the end of the game. And right. They just they just got dominated. So I mean, and if you take away that return touchdown, it's like they just they didn't really do anything. Although James cool. Robinson did something. Your guy James Robinson, Jeff, you should be happy. Yeah, and and DJ Chark had a nice touchdown too. Yeah. But problem is it's it's on a shaky tree. It's all based off of Lawrence, and I have no confidence in Lawrence right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, like generational prospect can't fail. You know, when you when you see the guys you know, when Kwame Brown is the guy picked first or when it's Anthony Bennett, you're like, I don't know, this guy's kind of a random first pick. But when it's LeBron James, you're like, this guy's going to crush. And we didn't know he'd crush as much as he did, but we know he's going to crush. You know, like we know he's going to be good. Yeah. And Trevor Lawrence was like LeBron James. It was like the guy for years that everyone knew was coming. It wasn't just like, oh, it's Sam Bradford's year. And so my my sort of priors are still like, that's the bigger sample, that, that this guy's going to be good. Uh, but I'm not sure why he's been so bad. I mean, I understand like his team's not very good, but like maybe the team is just not even an NFL team in terms of like the pre-snap stuff, like getting the blocking assignments, getting like the routes and the timing and the things that NFL teams do. When you saw Rodgers and Devontae Adams, it was like Rodgers would just throw the ball well before Adams turned around. And then Adams would just turn around his back shoulder and catch it. And the defender's like, Barely even like what's even going on. And all of a sudden he's got the ball 15 yards down the field, that kind of stuff, right? Like that's pro stuff. And maybe this is just the opposite of that. Maybe, maybe Uh, it might be that there, you know, he'll get it, you know, and all that, but yeah, the returns have been really ugly so far. Uh, Game, you know, as a contrast, Justin Herbert right out of the box, looked great in that first game against the chiefs last year. Look, Pretty good against the Chiefs yesterday, and so did Mike Williams. That was a weird finish, too. I mean, both teams kind of had their time management issues all jacked up there, uh, including uh, the Chargers. I mean, I was happy. I have Herbert in a lot of places. I have Williams in a lot of places. Right. You got an extra touchdown that you shouldn't have had. But there's no way they should have been doing that. They should have been just no, running crazy. that clock down and kicking the, the field. With time. The Chiefs are out of timeouts. There was zero reason to right. risk that. Yeah, um, it's funny. Ted Bell's arguing in my comments that that's wrong, but I, I just can't even see that. I, I get, like, th- they won, so that's good. Whatever you do to win is always good. But, like, obviously, um, before you know that you've won, you have to make a choice. And at that point, like, you're right. There's no timeouts. I could have just run it, knelt on it, timed out three seconds left, and kicked the 98% field goal, an extra point, basically. And More easier than an extra point. It was inside the 10 yard right, line. Right. Just an easy, yeah, little chip shot, 98, 99% kick. And the thing is, yeah, you could fumble the kick or whatever else. First of all, you could have done it on third down, you know, with seven seconds left and fallen on and call another timeout. But forget about that nonsense. You could easily 
sack fumble interception on the play. And there's just no reason to run the play. And then even though they made the touchdown, that's great. They got the touchdown. They botched the extra point, which that's terrible. And then Mahomes has the ball. Now, you know, it was still a long shot. You know, Lamar Jackson got it done. Mahomes didn't. And they would have needed a touchdown. But every Chargers fan had to be like, dude, no, no, not. How could you give the ball back to Mahomes with the with six the point lead? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it wasn't quite a minute, I don't think. But it was just still like, yeah, it was just, yeah, it's just no brainer. And, and it, to me, it was just like, it's like the one-on-one stuff, right? Even though like average coaches know this, like run the ball, get it down to three, kick it. We don't care about margin of victory here. You know, you don't have a right. teaser going or something, you know, it's just win the game. Yeah. And I had, but I had Herbert and Williams in DFS as well as, you know, in, in all my managed season long leagues. I was like, yes, please. Thank you. I mean, that was awesome. Uh, but it, it just, it just blew my mind. Well, also, the other thing I was pretty, you know, blew my mind is how badly the Chiefs played. You know, four turnovers in this one here. Uh, you know, so, uh, the first turn uh, interception was like went through a receiver's hands. They, you know, teams are, you know, I think a lot of teams are kind of following uh, what the Ravens did and trying to take away Hill. And right. That's the guy to take away because that's the killer. And, and this is like my thesis is like these these uh, chain movers like Kelsey. Kelsey goes a little bit down the field. You got to complete multiple first downs every drive to get there. Hill right. is just flick of a wrist and it's over. It's done, right? You've got it. And you just got to stop him on once or hold him the field goal once. You just have to slow him down once um, and take away that immediate quick strike. And that's the guy. I don't think Hardman, you know, is ready to step up and be the other guy, but that's what they really need is a second guy who can really punish you if you take away Hill. Um, and the Chargers defense might actually be good. Like, so that's yeah. the other thing is that it might be good and, and certainly better than the Chiefs defense. Um, I thought one interesting thing is Clyde Edwards Hilaire fumbled away the game in week two. Like literally, that's why they lost the game. If he doesn't fumble, they almost certainly win. And then he fumbles uh, early in this game, and it's a big turnover. And I'm thinking, oh, he's done. But they went back to him, and he had his best game in a long time and, right. and scored a touchdown and 100 yards. But I still see like two cat, two targets. He's still not getting the targets, and th that's where the ceiling is with him. Yeah, uh, it was funny watching the. Uh pendulum swing on fantasy twitter about cah you're like oh he is done he may never see the field again after that fumble to oh he's actually having a good day everyone could have seen this would be the redemption day you know everyone didn't say that you know some people said it and that was great but it was, it's funny to see the there there's a lot of victory lap twitter and fan the fan in fa the fantasy football world and it's immediate during games it's they don't wait till the game is over you know, one good thing happens. I told you this. It's like, ah, stop already. Uh, but I don't know. It, it's funny uh, to watch about that. But anyways, uh, we're going to cover a couple more games, a few more games, actually, including my Bengals and Lissa's Giants. But uh, first, a note from WinBet. There's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire. It's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, 
the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. Jeff and Chris here. We both won Force the Bet this week, Chris. You picked the uh, Chargers, forced me to take the Chiefs. Um, and that worked out for you pretty good and yeah, pretty sizable underdog. Actually, uh, you got, uh, you got him, I think at 26, 26, 50, uh, Schuler was like suggesting that we take the chiefs in bean pool. And I put a heart, a kibosh on that real quick. Uh, so fortunately, you know, uh, you throwing Schuler under the bus after the fact. Nice. I like it. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Well, I had no opportunity to throw him under the bus until now. So there you go. But, uh, but my Bengals, I chose them and forced you to take the Steelers. And frankly, that game was pretty much from the word go in favor of the Bengals. I mean, I know at one point the Steelers tied at 7-7, but the Bengals are the better side all game long, just like the Chargers are the better side all game long. Yeah, the, the Steelers, uh, the Bengals actually did not have enough production for the situation because TJ Watt was out, right? That's like the yeah. defensive player of the year. He's runner-up, but it could easily been the, the guy. And then the Steelers... Uh, can't run block at all. I mean, Najee Harris is now Austin Eckler. I mean, they've just basically turned him into Austin Eckler because they can't run. So they just throw to him to get in the ball. And then, um, you know, they were missing Deontay Johnson and Juju for the game. Juju was kind of a surprise or he got hurt. No, no, during Juju the game. got hurt in, game. Yeah, in the game, but like early. And, and Ben looks terrible. So you got Ben is shot. Juju's out early. Deontay Johnson's out. TJ Watt is out. And, you know, and, and the Bengals are mostly healthy and they won and they won pretty easily, but it was weird. Like, you know, Chase got two touchdowns, but it was like 60 yards he had. They were missing Higgins, I guess, but they, they, they were not like, mostly healthy. They didn't play with Higgins. They didn't have a starting corner, Trey Waynes. Their other starting corner, uh, Woozy got hurt, had a groin injury. So when the Steelers are, were actually moving the ball in the second half a little bit, it's because they were down their two starting corners. But, okay. Uh, but yeah, but they, but they didn't have terrible. you know they have Claypool and and Najee Harris were their only receivers. Yeah, Claypool was terrible. I oh, mean, not Claypool. Claypool got hurt. I'm sorry, Ben <laughs> was terrible. Uh, just so many bad bad throws, and you know one of the interceptions could have if it didn't get picked off by the first guy. There was a second guy there waiting for it to pick it off too. Yeah, fourth and ten at like the ten and a half yard line, so it's essentially fourth and goal. They ran a screen pass, and they they read the red the Bengals formation wrong. They saw like seven guys that are thinking it was going to be a mega blitz, but they were just kind of disguising their, their coverage a little bit. Ben didn't read it right. They threw the little screen pass there and it just died on the vine. I was like, wow. I mean, every, every play call here, Roethlisberger going underneath Roethlisberger going underneath. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It was really awful and constricted offense there. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think they're in trouble the Steelers because, Maybe their defense is good once Watt gets healthy, but the offense is bad and their defense isn't as good as it was. And there seems like a continuation of the team that fell apart down the stretch last year and lost to the Browns in the playoffs. And, you know, I think the Ravens, even though they've got their problems, are, are good. And the Browns look like they're solid. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals, they're two and one now. Uh, you know, I Steelers may end up in last place, which you don't really see very often. No, uh, yeah, you know, the, losing Watt was huge because, like, the second touchdown for Dalton to chase, he had, he could count to ten Mississippi on that one. There was no rush. There were some plays where they got a rush on him, but no. Oh, and by the way, I, I, I 
I still rem- I, I'm finally uh, remembering the preseason and how uh, Chase had so many problems catching the ball, and they're talking about stripes on the ball and, all, and the size of the ball and all that. I guess he adjusted just fine. Yeah, I mean it, that was so. There's two players I regretted not drafting the most. You know, Kyler Murray. Although I feel better about Josh Allen over him now after this week, but uh, but I wanted to get Murray in like a QB flex and auctions that I was in, and I just never really bid up. But I just like this is so obvious how how good of a fantasy player this guy is. And the other one was Chase because he was cheap. He was sixth, seventh round, and yeah. it just those drops were a buying opportunity. And I just like for some reason I did went elsewhere. Um, I usually took a tight end like Andrews or someone like that, Hawkinson and one. But I I was I just you just knew immediately like this guy wasn't the top prospect in the last couple of years at receiver because you know by accident you know this is just a couple of drops in preseason it just seemed like such a small thing yeah it did and you know although hollywood brown still has to deal with those drops well um, but hollywood brown is is a you know 110 target speed guy i mean you know burrow goes out and you know i'm sure burrow had some input into like you got to get this guy played with them this is the guy and you know i mean he not like players are professional scouts necessarily, but like they're around everybody. Like you got to feel like he knew, you know, how good this guy is. And he played with T Higgins and, you know, and he had, he'd you know, been in the NFL and seen players. I just think like they, they knew what they were getting and it was just obvious. And I, I just botched it. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I got him in a few places. I'd like to, I wish I had him in a few more. Uh, that's for sure. He looks, it looks amazing. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm enthusiastic. Bengals, uh, come home next week uh we'll, we'll see uh how, how they you know losing to the bears looks pretty bad now but you know it could be three and oh uh it also but beating the vikings looks pretty good so right and they also they, yeah they were lucky to beat the ball they should have beat the vikings they kind of blew the end game so they they could be three and oh yeah i mean the wins losses is kind of like it's like how good do they look i think they're still gonna get destroyed by a team that can rush the passer mm-hmm. um and i you know their defense not good enough I don't think they're like a serious contender, but they're, you know, they've got like the, ex, you know, the exterior pieces in place. Yeah, they do. They do have that. Uh, what happened to your giants, dude? You know, I didn't watch that game as closely as I usually do because I was so fixated on the Ravens and also because it was just right. such a bad game. It was just so frustrating. Shepard and Slayton both got hurt and got knocked out early. Galladay's always like a little banged up and Barkley looked good. That was the one thing I was watching. Barkley looked good. He, he didn't have a great game, but he scored. He caught five passes. Um, He's still he's not as like crisp as peak Barkley, but it's getting there and no problem with stamina, durability, injury at all. He's totally fine. Ran with power. Um, the, the offensive line wasn't great. Dimes made a great throw to CJ board, but it was just like, it, you know, it was just one of those crap games where they just couldn't really um, sustain drives and, and the Falcons would dink and dunk it and get some guys open. I mean, Corderell Patterson was the leading receiver of the Falcons. So that's the kind of game it was. And uh, Kyle Pitts did nothing. Ridley had a quiet game. Um, it really was just an ugly game and it was defensive from the beginning. And Joe judge punted on like on the 39 yard line on like fourth yeah. and one. I didn't even see that, but like I heard about it and I just, I was like, I don't even want to watch this because I'm just, this game is not, there's nothing in it. You know, the only thing I cared about was Barkley and I, I felt like he, he passed the test. Yeah, he did. Uh, it was it was bad. You know, Evan Ingram fumbles. Yay, got that. Going. I mean, that's yeah. like that's like. That why are you going back to that? I mean, I I try to tell people people are drafting that guy like you know twelfth tight end or something. I'm like it's before he hurt his calf. I'm like he's always hurt, and when he's healthy, 
he makes a play because he's a great athlete, but he always makes the worst mistake at the worst time. I don't know how they have patience for him. I, it's, he, I tell you, he's the Eric Ebron of the NFC. Well, Eric Ebron used to be in the NFC. Yeah. Um, Julia asked, how did Galladay look? He looked kind of hobbled. I didn't. He, he didn't look great. I mean, he did break a tackle and, and run some people over on one play. So he looked okay. But um, I don't know. I don't know about the. I didn't even look at the injuries, like what the severity was but it's not a good sign when guys are ruled out you know and it's like okay you get hurt and you don't try to come back you're just like you're out for the game so uh i'll take a look at that i'm not sure yet what the what the prognosis is but you know take a look at uh at Kadarius tony just in case because ingram's a stiff those other two guys are hurt uh galladay's always banged up and uh tony's gonna get his shot sooner or later yep he will he will um other early game reflections. Uh, I was completely surprised by the how convincingly the Saints won. Though, if you listen to uh, Rufus Peabody on our show Rufus. on Tuesdays, yeah, don't doubt Rufus. Basically, yeah. I mean, no, you can doubt. You should doubt Rufus. You should doubt, doubt everybody. Question, not doubt. Well, doubt and question. But I, I just think that he was right about the Saints. Uh, they were so the better team. Like Jameis had 110 yards. Mac Jones at 285. That's because the Saints didn't need. Jameis to do anything because they dominated at the point of attack. And that's what the, you know, the saints are good because their offensive line is good. Their defense is very hard to run on. David Harris didn't do anything. They didn't even bother because it's too stout. So that's those areas. Then Lattimore was back. So the secondary was good. And you're just throwing a bunch of short stuff to Jacoby Myers. that doesn't get anywhere. Um, and so that, you know, Marcus Marquez Callaway made a play. He's probably on your bench. Um, because you yep. couldn't start him. And then next week, he only had five targets, so you probably can't start him again. But at least he did something. But yeah, it was, Saints are uh, they're stout. They just got crushed by Carolina, which you know, maybe Carolina's pretty good. Pats host uh, the Bucks next week. That's going to be wild. Guess the line's going to be fun with that. Yes, it will. Um, it, it, everything is going to be fun about that. You know, people like Ted Bell, I, you know, it, I guess... He's just going to be. I, I will he be rooting for the Pats or is he just a full on Brady honk? That's the question. Um, I'm wondering about that. One. I don't know. I think he goes for the Pats, but I'm not sure. Uh, it, it really, you know, but it's it, kind of the ship has sailed for Belichick already because Brady already won the Super Bowl. And of course, he had a loaded team, but he won the Super Bowl. And Belichick's team didn't do well. They had a lot of opt outs, but they're not good again, right? Like they're not good this year. Like you can just tell, like this is not, I mean, maybe Belichick, if he's truly a genius. He will get this team to like 10 and seven and squeak in for a wild card, right? He's they're one and two. Um, but this team is not, I mean, we don't know for sure. It's three weeks, but this team does not look like, and, and Belichick's strength is making those adjustments, but this does not look like a playoff team. No, it does not. Again, uh, it does not. Uh, uh, Buffalo, Washington was never close. I mean, at one point, Washington got 21-14, so I guess it was quasi-close then, but Buffalo was clearly the better side the whole way through. It's two weeks in a row now, in a row now where they've just rolled. Makes that first week loss to Pittsburgh look really weird uh, because of how bad Pittsburgh's looked since then. It just shows, well, though, one week, you know, week one can do that a lot of times. Last year, the Jacksonville beat Indy in Jack, you know, to start the season and wrecked a lot of survivor pools. That was the only game they won, right? The, the whole year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, one week is just so crazy in the NFL. I remember I, I use this example all the time. The Giants won the Super Bowl in 2007. 2008, they were 11 and 1, 10 and 1, 11 and 1 before Plaxico shot himself and Justin Tuck got hurt. 
But they not only, like if you looked at the final four teams that year, it was Pittsburgh, Arizona, Baltimore, and somebody else. And they crushed all three of those teams like in that run when they went to 11 and one. Like they were beating like the teams that ended up in the final four soundly. And, and then they went to, but in week five, the only loss they have was like week five or six. They went to Cleveland and Cleveland sucked. They won like five games. And Cleveland, it wasn't like Cleveland blocked two punts and there were three fumbles. Cleveland just kicked the crap out of them and they were a bad team. It's just something that happened. There's no explanation except Cleveland played really well. The Giants were flat. They killed them. And so that happens all the time. And so when you're like, oh, well, they lost to them, so they can't be that good. It could just be something that literally means nothing. It, it doesn't mean it's just they didn't play. It has no bearing on who they are. The problem is, you know, with the systems like Rufus has and other people who do like you know, algorithms, they can't tell you which game doesn't mean anything. They can't tell you which one you're allowed to cut out. So they just have to average everything in because on the whole, that's a better way to do it because we don't have the, it's too hard right. for humans to say this one, just not indicative. Forget it. This one is indicative where they look good. You're going to start to have too many biases show up in, the, in that kind of data. Oh, so, they just use, so they just use them all. But I can tell you that year, that was just, it had no bearing on either team's season. But at the time you might not have known it, but afterward you're like, oh, those teams had nothing. It was just something that happened. And so I always think about that when something happens, that's weird. And I'm like, do I have to explain this? Does this need an explanation? You know, when you're talking about like the laws of physics of the universe, you need to account for every phenomenon. If you can't account for something, your theory is no good. But I think, you know, with this kind of thing, you could just be like, I'm just not going to account for that. I'm just going to say that was just a, a fluke. And I think with sports, you can do that. You can say like, this was just a fluke and just not account for it. And, and it doesn't really hurt the overall explanation of how the team is. Sometimes you can do that. I think it, it, People want to do it more often. I think it's well, not yeah. Well, that's politics. the thing. It's hard to know when you can do it, but I'm positive you can't, that there are times when it is the best right. way to do it. I, it's just not, you, you tell me when those times are. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, all right. Uh, one other early game we didn't talk about yet, Colts and Titans. Uh, I'm frustrated as a Jonathan Taylor guy. Only 10 carries. No real reason for that because he was 10 for 64. Uh, I mean, how do you not get him the ball more frequently? Yeah, so I got Taylor in a few places, and I was huge on him. And first week was really good, right? He caught like seven pass, six passes. I mean, he was like, okay, right. this is great. Um, and the touchdowns will come. But I think two things. One is that they like Hines. They extended Hines to a deal. So Hines is Kareem Hunt. Taylor is Nick Chubb. But Taylor also catches passes. So he's Nick Chubb plus. But the minus is he's on the Colts, not the Browns. So the Colts, you know, they're supposed to be pretty good. I mean, at least okay offensively. They're going to get Jacksonville twice and Houston twice. But, you know, uh, Quentin Nelson, high ankle sprain is going to be out a few weeks now. Again, he already hurt his foot. And Wentz looks like 2020 Wentz. So the offense is just abysmal. And when you have a terrible offense, um, A, you're not playing with good game flow for your Nick Chubb, your early down guy. Right. So Hines is getting on the field a lot. And B, you're not getting goal line carries very often. And when the, uh, Taylor did, it was predictable and they got stuffed. There's not a lot of threat. They can stack the box. So everything's kind of going against him right now. Um, I do think that he's still going to get early down. I think they need to make some adjustments to their own three and just throw to the backs more. They throw to Hines a little bit. They need to throw more to both of those guys because it's a, it's a quicker pass. They can both get loose in space. Um, but with Wentz and, you know, only Michael Pittman and everybody else kind of hobbled. Like, I just don't know that like teams need to really worry about anyone else that much. So, right. Um, it's not a good situation. I, I still believe in the player. It's just, you know, is the situation going to get better? I think it will. I think, you know, teams adapt and adjust. And is Frank Reich a good offensive coach? We thought he was. 
We thought he was part of that Philly run that they won the Super Bowl. Um, but they've had, you know, Philip Rivers last year and they've had Wentz this year. And it's uh, it's definitely a headwind for 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 Taylor. I'm not going to, you know, I, I think he's going to be fine like last year, but he's going to need a little help from his team. And so far, it hasn't been forthcoming. The Colts are 0-3 now, and they're on the road the next two weeks at Miami, at Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not death sentences, but it's not looking good. They could be 0-5 really easily. Oh, they could easily be 0-5. But I don't think that matters for Taylor as much. I just think what matters for Taylor is that they adjust the game plan to um, move some things around, some, you know, design throws on first and 10, some, you know, just a little more variety and stuff so that they're not um, just running guys into the teeth of the defense, figuring out why they're not creating more holes, taking a deep shot with Paris Campbell or whoever just to loosen. You know, you've got to do that. Um, and I don't, you know, there's a lot that has to be done and, Sometimes teams adjust and sometimes they just suck all year. It's, it's hard to know. Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, we're going to talk about the afternoon slate. Uh, but first, quick note from Vivid Seats. Preseason football has wrapped up and we're ready for the regular season to kick off this week. Live events are making a comeback and there's no better place to be than Vivid Seats to get back into the action. So grab your NFL tickets and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Man, that feels good to say. Even better, they just launched a new and improved rewards program with free tickets for every fan. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game, your favorite artist, or that new show everyone is talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Jeff. He's Chris. We are breaking down week three. We hit the early slate and all the wild games. How about that Miami Raiders game? You know, I, I was so focused on like the end game of uh, Seattle and Minnesota and you know, Tampa Bay and Rams that I thought as soon as Miami missed that fourth and one conversion, I thought, okay, game over. No problem. It's over. Ra- Raiders are up eight and now they, they've got the ball and Miami's out of timeouts and all that. And somehow Miami, get, you know, not somehow that they got the ball back, but somehow Miami drove the field. Had that wild sequence at the it end was, of the game. Yeah, it was a little crap, though. I mean, so Miami drove the field, but they were the 26-yard line. Brissett, I think he had three completions above 10 yards the whole game. Yeah. Chucks it into the end zone, and it was just a really shaky P.I. And it made yeah. me make a, a comment in my article that there should be like, you know, just like roughing the kicker and running into the kicker. There should be like the 10-yard P.I., and then there should be the spot foul to put a spot foul on, you know, maybe there is some little early hand checking. Technically, maybe one could argue it was PI. Okay, fine. But like, it just, you just got them on the one yard line, which they never, you know, maybe they would have got there on three more, four more passes in the closing minute, but it just fast forwarded them to a place that they wouldn't have gotten to. So they get in and it takes them until fourth down and Brissett did make a good run. It was a crazy dive to, to uh, tie it up. Uh, and then of course, um, it was awesome because the Raiders kicked the field. I'm like, okay, Raiders win this in overtime, cover the spread, kick the field goal. I'm okay, it's done. But then Miami kicks the field goal. I'm like, okay, now you can win with the touchdown. And yeah, they, they were converted in- a fourth and 20 to, to draw to do that, though. That was yeah. the thing that was amazing. Reset didn't throw well all day, connects yeah. on a fourth and 20. To Gasecki, yeah. Yeah, to keep yeah, that. So by the time alive. they had the pass interference and regulation, I think he'd only had two completions of 10 yards, one of 10 and one yeah. of 15. Jalen Waddle, got- 13 targets, 58 yards, 12, 12 catches. It yep. wasn't like they were missing him. It's just all short. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I don't know. The, the the weird thing about that game was the line was three and a half, four, and then you know two was out, and Brissett, who's not a good quarterback, he's not even a good backup, gets in, and the line doesn't budge an inch. And you're like, wait a second, two. Uh, I get he's not very. You know, he's not. We don't know if this is who he is or he's whatever, but like he's got to be better than Brissett at this moment. You know, it's not like he's his second game. He played all you know a bunch of last year, and the the Osmakers are like, nope. And then Miami goes out to the lead. They get a defensive touchdown. I'm like, hmm, maybe they know something. Then the Raiders just start taking it to him, and I'm like, oh yeah, of course the Raiders are such a better team. But then Miami ended up covering. But I I, I still think if I were if it was next week and they were playing again with Brissett, I'd say this line seven and a half, seven seven and a half, right? Because the Raiders. The Raiders, we mentioned this last week, they actually are good. Like uh, Brian Edwards is a good intermediate, like route running, catch everything receiver. Um, Henry Ruggs is making big plays. Like that guy is good. Um, He's a field stretcher, legitimate. And then Renfro is a really good slot guy. And then Waller's an elite tight end. So you've got like this array of weapons. Carr is playing out of his mind. The offensive line is playing pretty well. And the defense has been serviceable. This is a decent team. This team, you know, three and oh, this team, I think, will win at least nine games and maybe 10. I mean, that's not saying that much with a 3-0 start. But I think, like, when the Chiefs and Chargers play the Raiders, it's not going to be just like – I don't think they're just going to roll over them. No, I don't think so either. Uh, the, the Raiders should have won by you – know, should have won comfortably. They threw the pick six early uh, where they were driving, too. Is a you know, 85-yard return, I think, on that pick six. Uh, so, I mean, that, that changed the tone of that game. I mean, Brissett did nothing. No way would I start Brissett over 201. 4.4 YPA he got. Yeah. And no touchdown. I mean, he's just he he's just like he has there's no upside to him at all. 
And Miami's such a weird team. There's this scrappy, weird team. They've always been like this. Yeah. And Brissett or even Tua is the same thing. I mean, he's he's better than Brissett because he can throw the ball down the field. He's actually got you know some arm strength and some big playability. And he's I think he's more mobile than Brissett. But it's you know it's, there's just no upside. I mean, unless Tua turns out to be someone else that that you know we don't realize he is. That team's going nowhere. I just I just can't see it. Yeah, I I can't see it either. But it was just a it was a weird 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 game. Uh, other the other afternoon games. I mean, there's not much to say about Denver Jets. It played out exactly as everyone expected. The only negative I think from Denver was Javante Williams fumbling at the goal line. If you have Javante Williams, that is. If right. you have, if you're Melvin, you're a Melvin Gordon guy, so you're probably enjoying. No, it. I've got one Javante, no Gordon, and I oh, liked really? Gordon. I for some reason I was always taking somebody else. You know, it's yeah. just the way that I've got drafted. a couple of Javante, and he did get a touchdown earlier at least, but. Man, that didn't look good. Although I gotta say, the Broncos goal line offense generally struggled. They yeah. got down a few times in the red zone there, so that was that was a concern. Uh, might be a small. It's just if it's it's one blip right now, but it's something to watch for there a little bit. Moving on, uh, Minnesota. I mean that that was a win of the day for me. Uh, just they they came they had to win that game. They did. They were the better side. I mean Seattle got off to the early lead, and I saw like former Vikings defensive player was like, I thought coach Zim was a defensive coach. Ha ha ha. And all that. And then Minnesota just took care of business. Cousins was great. Uh, you know, you know, uh, Madison was great. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he did good. a really good job. He, he looked like Dalvin cook. I wouldn't have if, if, if he had the cook Jersey on, I would have known. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it was Thielen and Jefferson looked, looked, did their thing as well. Seattle's got to be, I don't think Seattle's very good. And, you know, they've now lost two games where they had good sized leads. I don't think their defense is very good. Let's put it that way. Seattle's not a good team. They have Russell Wilson and they'll probably win 10 games because of it, but they're not a good team. But remember, they got to play the Rams twice. They got to play Arizona twice. They got to play the Niners twice. Uh, And so it's a tough division, but Russell Wilson will keep them competitive. Yeah. Yeah, he he will. Uh, Rams over the uh, Bucks. Uh, That was weird because Brady threw for 400 yards, no picks. And they lost. You know, it's just well, Brady. They didn't run it at all. They, you'd think that the Rams would run it, but they did with Sony Michelle. He actually looked okay against a tough defense, but it was the Bucks who abandoned the run. So Brady threw like fifty something times. So that's why he got all the yardage. Uh, but it was just you know it was in lieu of running. Um, and you know he made some good throws. He looked fine. He got hit a bunch of times pretty hard. And yeah. the the Rams were the better team. The the, the to me, the big uh, eye-opening thing in this game was, A, you know, Alan Soslowski took Cooper Cup at number nine in our redraft. Looked <laughs> like a good pick now. And people mocked him. But secondly, um, Deshaun Jackson, right? Like every team should have a guy who, uh-oh, this guy could hurt us 50 yards down the field. You should not go into the season with a roster where you don't have a guy, whether it's Henry Ruggs or Deshaun Jackson, uh, you know, or Tyree Kill obviously is going to do more than just that. But, you know, someone like that, that the other team all of a sudden – can just be like, oh, we don't have to worry about, you know, anything behind the, the safeties. They should always have to worry about that part of the field. It's like having, you know, a three-point yeah. shooter in the NBA who could shoot, you know, Steph Curry, Dame Lillard. It's like, shoot, we got to go all the way out to get these guys. You got to go all the way back when these guys are on the field. And I don't think he's going to be really fantasy useful because it's so, you know, hit or miss with him and he gets hurt a lot. But just having a guy like that is, is really valuable. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, I mean, he's going to sit there at the top of the queue uh and you know sit there on free agent queue but you know and you're gonna think okay wow 120 yards wow that's great oh it's three catches oh it's 
this is and, and he's gonna he did nothing like nothing at all prior to that so uh, like you said good to have for re- real life not a great fantasy play uh Stafford looks great Stafford looks really you know Stafford and Brady both are at the peak of their powers right now yeah no it was, it was good I, I mean the Rams were the better team because their secondary is much better too that was the other takeaway uh, mm-hmm. but we'll see if that game's in Tampa later in the year outdoors but Stafford looks really good Stafford's yeah. the MVP right now Stafford number one car number two if the season ends today crazy that's crazy yeah. uh, and then Packers I mean what can you say Rogers is amazing again and I got that game wrong I I had the nine I was on the Niners side but the Packers were the better team all game long yeah. And the Niners, I mean, the punt by Shanahan, that was just horrible. And also just, um, you know, down in, down out, the Packers were fluid, moved the ball easily. The, the Niners had struggles to move the ball. It was always just like tooth and nail, you know, Debo catching a ball, a little bit crushed in traffic. I mean, it was just hard going for the Niners. And you'd think like, you know, I mean, you'd think like this is an easy defense, but it was the Packers who showed up and not the Niners. Yeah, that's right. Um, and you know, Brandon, Ayuk dropped a touchdown. You could show why he was in the doghouse a little bit there. Sermon got a touchdown, but he didn't look great. He didn't um, look great. I think Elijah Mitchell's still the starter if he's ever healthy. Yeah. Which that, that's a, that if is doing a lot of work there. Yeah. Uh, right, it's but, true. uh, you know, it, it's, he didn't, you know, although I think the run blocking wasn't that great either though. That was the no, other thing. It wasn't Sermon's fault. He just didn't do anything to win the job. He didn't, I didn't think he like looked terrible or anything. He just he looked dropped average. a pass. He did drop a pass when yeah. they're trying to get out of their own end. So that, yeah. that that's the thing. You know, despite all those things, San Francisco's two and one. I mean, they're not like a dead franchise. They have a road win at Philly. That that we'll see how how well that how good that looks at the end of the day. But and they and they got a late lead against. I mean, for all the things that went wrong, they had a late lead against the Packers. Just Rodgers had a great drive. I I don't think they uh I don't think they're going to make it with Garoppolo. They got to turn it over to Lance and take the chance that he's not good. They got to let him pull a few Justin Fields level games before they, I just think you trade up for the number three pick when you're a contender for now, when you got to win now and you're uh, parting with present capitals, including the super high pick for a quarterback, you got to turn it over because if you don't, a, you're the rookie clock is, is tolling and B um, Garoppolo just doesn't have the ceiling with this team. I mean, I, so I agree. Let them do it. You know, I just think it's funny because he was like, when is Garoppolo going to get his chance? And now he's the old guy blocking yeah, somebody. It's crazy. It is. Yeah. Very quickly. All right. Any other uh, parting thoughts before we go, uh, before we take off? No, nope, Just Justin Tucker's the greatest player of all time. That's all I got to say. Kidding. All right. There you go. WinBet. Uh, thank you for your sponsorship. You're our exclusive sponsor all season long on the F- Rotowire Fantasy Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back at you with the free agent podcast tomorrow. Take care. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.